Hello and welcome to the FEZ Show. It is the 11th of August 2020 and we are one day away from the final two races of the season in Berlin. In today's show, we'll be looking ahead to those final two races and discussing the latest news coming out of Berlin. With me today is Edward Hunter and Jack Pickering. Morning, boys. Good morning. Hey there. We got, actually, we're going to start with some sort of news that's come out. And we talked about it yesterday, Jack. Okay. Um... James Collado and the switch of Tom Blomquist, which everybody was expecting, but there is a sporting rule which I st is still active, which maybe Jaguar have forgotten about, which I'd be quite surprised about, maybe teams have forgotten about, because drivers, so teams have to announce what drivers are going to be partaking in the final three races of the season, okay, and this rule was brought into effect after the Sebastian Buemi incident where he missed the New York E-Pre in Season 3, which effectively did cost him becoming a double Formula E world, uh, well, champion. And, and obviously then Degrassi won that championship. So, Jaguar have obviously... James Collado is in these final three races because he raced on Sunday. So therefore there's two races left which Tom Blomquist is coming. And then the race has jumped onto this and, think, and trying to clarify if this is a breach. Or because, you know... James Collado was supposed to be racing in WEC this weekend, that, you know, there is some form of force majeure there. But I don't think there is, because the rule states that they must, you know, if they were to miss a race in those, pup, like, three, in those three races, that they have to actually be racing in another series. And the fact that Collado is only going to do a practice session, technically, because the race is on Thursday, Jack, that technically then breaches that regulation of the final three drivers who were in for the final three races um, taking place in on that weekend. So if that makes sense, I hope that does, Jack. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I've kind of got my head around it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I knew about the rule that that, uh, that means you have to that you have to announce your drivers for the for the last um, few races of the season. Um, I still, I'm still not a big fan of the, of uh, of that rule. But um, alas, that's that it. That uh, that is the rule. So we go by the rules. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, I I think for James Collado it makes sense. He in in WEC he's he's fighting for points. He's fighting for a championship. I think in the in the 71 AF Corsa. But um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah. So it's um, it. It makes sense for him to go to Spa and not hang around another couple of days and finish the same 13th or 14th, and it also and it also gives Tom Blomqvist um, uh, another chance at Formula E. Uh, so yeah, I think it's um, I think it'll be dis uh, I think it'll be disappointing if this whole thing arises properly. Um, but yeah, I uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, I, I I think it does make yeah it makes sense for him to go but yes they could have definitely breached that rule from uh, that was introduced because we had a uh, funny enough Tom Blomqvist was the one who was uh, who was uh, who had to be ousted for Stefan Sarazan for the final few races of the season back in season four as well so so yeah um, I, like I said I'm not I'm not a big fan of the rule but I, I see why it's in place. Effectively, right, Ed, Collado should have not raced on Sunday. If Collado didn't race on Sunday, then 
this would this whole sort of scenario would be fine and there wouldn't be this sort of like inquest to say if there has been a breach of the sporting regulations um because Colado is missing well is now part of those three races and is technically missing now the final two um but what i find interesting as well is that you know it's just one practice session it's one practice session Colado would be missing. So there's still two practice sessions on Friday. And then obviously you've got qualifying. So yes, he would miss a little bit of running on the Thursday. But there are practice sessions on a Friday. So there's still time for him to get up to speed with the car. So in a sense, I'm like, well, he could, in my honest opinion. Because this rule has been brought in to protect the integrity of Formula E. So we don't have, you know, potential championship, you know, protagonists you know, leaving, and what happened if James Collado all of a sudden won two races, right, let's just hypothetically speaking, and he was in the championship fight, he wouldn't want to be leaving, but he's leaving now because, let's face it, he's probably not in the championship hunt, but I think because he's only missing one practice session, and he gets two more practice sessions on Friday to sort of, you know, get his head around things, I think he could have stayed. Ah, uh. I feel like as a James Collado fan, I can just go, oh, it's a shame you didn't do those last two races because he was dead set to win them. He was finally going to have some good luck coming his way. But yeah, um, I, I disagree a little bit actually with you, Jack, because I don't see why James Collado should have to sacrifice even a practice session in World Endurance Championship because what if he learned something in that practice session that becomes crucial to him, you know, qualifying on pole or winning the race in the GT, GTE class? Uh, I, th I think it's a little bit um, harsh on him to sort of to also to say oh why didn't you just um, sit out the Sunday race and let Tom Blomkis go because then you'd have the situation where James Collider doesn't have any other commitments but he's just standing on the sidelines literally just because there's an arbitrary rule that says oh if you're not going to do the last two races you can't do the third to last race as well it, it's just a very weird odd situation that doesn't really account for the fact that we're, we're living in you know COVID-19 times where all the motorsports are restarting at the same time and this kind of thing was bound to happen somewhere up and down the grid and you can obviously argue oh well Collado shouldn't have signed for Jaguar in the first place but this the whole thing the reason why he signed for Jaguar in the first place was because the calendars weren't set to clash at the early in the season of course back in you know <laughs> back in the end of last year so so yeah, it's it's a it's an unfortunate situation, but I'm actually I'm with Colado on this one. For me, I think Formula E are trying to do this to protect the championship, right? Because at the beginning, let's go back to season one, season two, season three, even with Buemi, right? Your championship leader goes out, right, to race in a different series and doesn't win the championship. It makes the championship jack look like a Mickey Mouse series, like as in it's not really a serious championship, and that's what Formula E wanted to avoid that's why i think this rule was brought in because it's like look we understand that some of our drivers will be racing in other series but we want you to take this series seriously and with the level of manufacturers now in this series it's not a championship to be you know taken lightly and you know they wanted drivers to you know like sam bird say no formula e is my number one series formula e comes first and a lot of drivers are now doing that because there's a lot of other drivers that would have been racing um in this WEC series, um, while Brendan Hartley was one, he's the name that comes to my mind, John Eric Verne has been racing in WEC as well, um, that would have been racing, but are still here, and they may possibly would go to Spa, we'll probably see them in Spa, but Collado's the only one who's actually jumping across for this practice session, the others have all said, you know what, Formula E, um, are, is my commitment, and I'm racing in Formula E. 
think um, I think had Boemi been given a choice, um, I think back in season three, he probably would have wanted to stay in, uh, uh, at Formula E because he could have won the championship. Yes, the to- yes the Toyota would have won the champion. Uh, I, I actually I'm not sure. Was Porsche still in then? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Boemi lost both titles that year because he was leading both of them at the one point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think had Boemi been given a choice, he would have stayed in. It, it, well, he would have gone to New York. He would have gone to New York, competed in those two races. But uh, there was something in that Toyota contract that said that he had to that that, that he had to turn up regardless. And so uh, Edam uh, drafted in Pierre Gasly, um, and the rest is history. Lucas won that title after Boemi uh, bottled it in Canada practice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I do see the reasoning behind it. But the thing is, it, it, it made more sense a few seasons ago. Nowadays, Formula E, admittedly, it still doesn't get uh, the respect it deserves from a lot of fans. But, uh, but there is a lot, but Formula E is a lot, Bigger than it was a few years ago. Drivers would all, drivers would almost always go off to um, to other series to race instead. I think, and um, and in, and in the first season, Andretti had eight drivers in that second seat. I think um, in in that first season, and then they had um, Verne and Montani in the other one. Um, and so. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, back in the day, it was always these drivers would go out, then come back in for 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 specific races. But nowadays, it it do, it it just doesn't seem to be the case. And um, so yeah, I don't see really the need for that rule. And so they they they'd only really leave if um if they uh if uh, if they had a title uh if if they weren't in the title fight like James Colado is. Yummy bomb was sticky. Um, let's put it this way, right? So I've just had a quick look while you were talking, Jack, in terms of who the Formula E drivers who would be racing at WEC this weekend. Nick DeFries, first and foremost, Nick DeFries, Sebastian Buemi, Antonio Felix da Costa, and Alex Lynn. So you've got four drivers there who obviously are staying, are missing this practice. The Costa can go. He's, he's, he, he's done his job. He's the world champion. He can go if he wants to. Yeah, but the thing is, right, he wouldn't have gone, especially with this championship on the fight. Alex Lynn has come in as a substitute and has said, you know what, I'm going to race those final two races for Mahindra. For, for Mahindra to get another substitute after their substitute were, walked out and then would have been... Well, the thing is, I don't think Alex Lynn would have got the drive if he didn't say he was going to race for those final two races, right? He wouldn't have got the drive. You would have probably been looking at Nick Heitfeld, Sam De Jong. But I think because Alex Lynn said he was going to drive in those two races, that got him to drive. Because I think this rule, as I said, is still active. Sebastian Buemi, obviously we talked Brendan Hartley, and obviously if Dragon, if he wanted to leave Dragon, it kind of made sense for him to depart because if he wanted to focus on the WEC program with Toyota and focus on that, I think there's, you know, a reason for him to to do that um but then sebastian boemi is like his teammate so he's missing but he'll be there in spa 100 percent. same with defries and same with da costa so you know we've got formulary drivers who have stated already right that 
Ed, that, you know, this is the series that they want to take part in. But for James Collado, I just feel like it's just two fingers up, really, at Jaguar for replacing him and, and the situation that he's found himself in. To say, you know what, I'm just, I'm not here anyway. I haven't been given a fair opportunity, so I'm just going to leave you um, at this point because I might as well go and drive my Ferrari. Has he been treated unfairly? I'm not so sure because um, because when he left and they announced uh, Tom Bumpkiss replacing him for the last two races, James Barkley gave a statement, you know, saying that you know James has been really unlucky and he gave a lot of credit to all the you know in feedback and you know the work that he put in and said he was said he was a consummate professional, I believe was the term he used. So maybe is that just PR fluff or or um, did? I feel actually that he he wasn't treated particularly badly. Things just if we've seen it with a lot of drivers in Formula E, some good drivers come in and they just can't get things to work, or the atmosphere in the team isn't right. Just like like we Jack was even talking about yesterday that Jan O'Chill and Jack Villeneuve are both you know great drivers. All you know we well I think the term Jack, uh, Pico said was we got rid of them. I think it was more. They just performed really badly, and in the Indiana Trillis case, his team ran out of money, basically. But um, but yeah, uh, I feel that um, I I don't feel it's two fingers up from Colorado. I feel like it's it's just a, a scheduling conflict, and Colorado has decided to choose Ferrari over Jaguar. I don't think it's anything particularly personal. I think it's just um, it's just a scheduling conflict, and practice was more important to him. Formerly, there's there's like Pico said, there's nothing really for him if he just finishes thirteenth, fourteenth. Just... You could argue though that there's not there's nothing to play for for any of the drivers now. Sebastian Buemi, the Costa, Lynn, the Freeze, because the title's wrapped up. Um, I'm obviously I'm sitting on the. But they didn't know that beforehand. I'm sitting, when they I'm made sitting that on decision. the fence. Well, Collado knew. Collado was still. Everyone could have won the title going into this weekend. Anyone could have won the title. I'm just. It's just because you know when speaking to Collado and when Collado spoke on the press conference on Sunday, he was annoyed. He was annoyed. Obviously, he was annoyed at how his races has gone. But, he's a, you know, he was talking about his Formula E career as if he didn't really get the chance, as if COVID-19 really sort of cucked him in a way. I think that's probably in terms of he didn't get the opportunity that he wanted, right? That he didn't get the opportunity that he wanted to actually, you know, finish the season to actually improve the way that he wanted to prove Jack. And, and... For that reason alone, he's he's out of the series. Yeah, he uh, he he just hasn't had the best of seasons at all. Uh, it's been it, it it has been unfortunate, and I, and I do think COVID nineteen has um has uh, has scuppered his chances because I think um I think Ed pointed out on another show of, uh, uh, either last week or yesterday I can't remember now they've all all days merged into one. Um, but um, but James Clado actually had a decent qualifying position in um, Marrakesh, and he made the top ten, I think. Um, yeah, he did. That's correct. Yeah, always trust the Clado fan. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So he so he was he was getting there or thereabout, and then uh, COVID came in. I, I think had had COVID not happened, it would have been a very different season. Uh, but this is what, uh, but that's what happened, and this is the outcome. And uh, it's life's tough. This year has been awful. So, yeah. I think it's just because 
I think it's just because, you know, for me, I can see why he he's only done, he's not even done half the season technically before he was replaced, right? He'd driven five races, right? And one of them was a double header where you, you're you brand new to the series and that's two of them. So you may argue that he was on a steady incline. You know, he said that he didn't adapt to the series as well as he probably could have. But I think it's just the way it is. And obviously now it's really interesting to see what happens with Jaguar and just follow the story in terms of what punishment they'll get. I think it'll just be a fine. I don't think there'll be like a deduction of points or anything like that. I think they'll just be fines because you broke that sporting regulation. So it'd be interesting to see what comes out. Obviously, um, Sam Smith at the race is chasing that story at this precise moment to see what kind of breach um, that is. And if there is a force majeure, because you never know, there may be a force majeure happened and uh, which has allowed Collado to go because of the strange circumstances and nothing will come of it. But it was a rule that I was aware of um, but obviously I thought they must have um, figured it out. But it looks like at this precise moment that Jaguar and Formula e haven't figured this out. And I think that's why Jaguar was so certain, right, at the beginning in the press conference, in the press releases they were sending that, no, Jaguar's racing, um, Collado, sorry, he's racing in these final two races. Like, there's nothing that stops him from, in, in their opinion, there was nothing that stopped him from racing in those last two races and obviously maybe discussions have happened since then to state that you know Collado did want to go and, and do that practice session um but we'll just see how it is let's move on Jack let's look at let's preview these final two races now that we've got that really interesting news topic out of the way um what do you think this track in terms of this track lag because obviously it's got a more of a technical section as the drivers keep saying and what do you think that will do for overtaking opportunities do you think it will increase overtaking opportunities or make op overtaking opportunities more rare so therefore when we see them we'll be like oh well done you've actually like you've set up a move well i've kind of dubbed this track that we're going to have um uh, the, for the for the final two races as the bahrain 2010 track now Throw back to 10 years ago, F1 celebrated 60 years of, of, of Formula One, opened the season in Bahrain with an extended version of the Bahrain circuit. It wasn't a great track. Uh, they, 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 they basically just, they, they, uh, they added the endurance section um, and there wasn't really much overtaking and it, and it only really took Sebastian Vettel to have a mechanical problem for there to be a change in the lead of the race. Um, it, didn't, it, it didn't do much. Uh, I'm not, uh, obviously F1, Formula E are completely different. And so, yeah, I'm expecting different things from Formula E. Um, but I think, I, I, I think it's still gonna be similar. I don't think we will have as good racing as we've had uh, the last, uh, of, over the last four races. I think it will make it a bit trickier for people to pass. Um, but then again, I, I, I'm an idiot. I, I, I might be completely wrong. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, but yeah I, think, I, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, it's, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, regardless, I'm looking forward to these final two races, get, uh, uh, get this championship sorted out. And uh, yeah, roll on season seven. And that's the thing, isn't it? We might be in a do. We might say, does it look like a track that has potential for overtaking? But then all of a sudden, it's a track Ed that um, you know turns up for the books and actually is a fantastic track. We didn't think the reverse layout. You know, people didn't think the reverse layout would be any good. 
but it you know it provided some amazing racing the reverse layout yeah it did and i think it's mainly because it's uh that was it was sort of a circuit that um, in a direction that no one had, been, uh, had really driven before and obviously it was the it was also helps they did reverse layout first so the teams just didn't have enough sort of data to work with uh in this case sector one sector three are basically going to be identical but it's that middle sector where they've added i think four or six extra corners i think it's going to be really interesting in qualifying more than anything what was i going to say but what about jack in terms of energy management because now there's a few more technical sections right there could be chance to regen more energy during the race right and you know or conversely the energy management may be a bigger issue because the track's slightly, I think, longer, slightly slower, so the lap times will be slightly longer. Um, which and Berlin's always been tough on energy management, um, and that may cause some some energy issues. Well, yeah, I think um, I, uh, I I think it will be better in terms of um, uh, in terms of energy management. Uh, yeah, because because of that slow section, I, I, I think people may think, oh, it's going to be a longer track, which means that they're they're, they're going to have to consume more. But no, it's a timed race, which means that they'll be doing less laps uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. So um, so uh, than they did at the weekend and last Wednesday and Thursday. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think in terms of energy management, it will be it will be a lot better. They will get um, they will get um, more, they, they'll be able to more, they'll, they'll be able to regen more in that second sector, uh, lift off and just go through that, that, that new technical bit. Um, and, and, and who knows that might set up a really nice overtaking opportunity into the penultimate corner. But, um, yeah, no, the thing is we won't really find out until, Oh, about 20, no, 30 hours time. I think it is to race start from when we're recording this. So yeah we don't really know until then the thing is with energy management like the races have been so key in terms of energy management ed in terms of you know getting to the last lap having 0.8 percent 0.0 percent as they cross the line i think there's probably more opportunities to regen in this race because of that technical section there's probably more chance but then there are some fast flowing sections as well so once the technical section's over and then it's like a fast sweep. It'll be a flat left-hander, probably, probably with a lift during the race to save energy. Um, and it's, I think there's going to be some quick sections. And I think energy could be something. If and you know we've seen Venturi completely miscalculate their energy. They've either been one lap too long, one lap too short during these races. It could be, you know, it could throw a, a real curveball. Yeah, that incident you're talking about, I believe Massa lost his dash reading, and that was what caused that in one of the races. But um, I also think, um, I can't remember, is attack mode in the same position that has been in all the other races at that same corner? So I'm not sure that same corner is in the same configuration on this layout, so I've, I forget whether attack mode is in a different position or not. But I think that's going to be quite interesting as well. I think the attack mode section is in a similar place, but it won't be, obviously... It, w it won't have the same sort of drive sort of like how we've seen it so it'll be slightly different with the corner sections i believe um but i think it'll be an interesting race what to with whatever we have anyway and so i think it's just as jack said one to look out for and see what happens in 30 hours time 
Boys, let's talk about, though, the final two races in terms of how the drivers approach this, Jack. Um, you know, you're basically now essentially racing for pride. Um, do you expect there to see more fighting between drivers um, going into this, you know, a bit more argy-bargy because, you know, it's basically for fun? Or do you expect, because there are some places for the teams, you know, up for grabs, that some drivers will still play this quite cautiously because, obviously, there are positions that is important for the team. So they might not be too aggressive with each other just to get it out of the way and finish these two races uh, with some fun because, you know, there's a lot of money at stake for some teams. I'll tell you what, we've got an absolutely humding of a battle for P2 in both championships right now. We've seen, we, we've seen in the Drivers' Championship the last two days that the ninth place in the championship has leapfrogged all the way up to second, both Max Gunter and John eric Verne. Um, yes, the Cheetahs have an advantage, so you, you, you could say that Verne is settled in that um, in that P2, but you don't write anything off. I've said this countless times, and I'm sure if he wants to, Ed can make a montage out of this, but anything can happen in Formula E, and you never know what's going to happen next. So... <laughs> So if, if Ed yeah. had a penny for every time he yeah. said anything yeah. could Ed, happen, Ed, Ed would be rich. Ed, Ed, Ed would Ed would be like a millionaire if if he had like a penny for every time I said that. But but yeah, I, but, uh, but yeah, no, genuinely anything anything can happen. So I'm just really looking forward to these final two races. I think personally, though, I think obviously anything can happen, right? And that's true, Ed and and Jack. I think it's, it's very true. I think the drivers won't care too much about finishing second in the Drivers' Championship, to be honest with you. I think they will not care one bit, so I think they will be a bit more argy-bargy with each other in terms of racing. But I think, you know, teams like Nissan, BMW, maybe not as much BMW, depending on where they qualify, but definitely Nissan, who I think, and Mercedes, are currently fighting for that second spot. You know, they might be a bit more, hey, my, you know, make sure we finish, right? Don't just crash into them and try and finish in the highest position possible um, and have too much fun out there because, you know, there are some serious points up for grabs and we don't want to lose out because, you know, second for Nissan or second for Mercedes could be huge in terms of, you know, obviously financial income going into next season. Um, so I think that will be interesting. And how they race, I think there'll be a lot of moves. I think there'll be a lot of audacious overtakes. There'll be a lot of argy-bargy because the season's effectively over with Tech Cheetah winning the team's championship and obviously DaCosta winning the drivers' championship going into the final two races. You know, we all know the drivers don't care about the drivers' championship now. They don't care where they finish. But, you know, Roland did say in his press conference that, you know, he's now racing for the team and whatever the team needs in order to get the best finish possible and the most amount of points possible. So if that means that he needs to drop back and let Bawemi through, he'll do it. Because, you know, he's playing the team game right now because he knows how important the team's championship is. But boys, before we go, I think it's time to pick a winner like I've been doing on the Grid Network. I'll start with you, Ed. Pick a winner for race Wednesday's race and Thursday's race. Who are you going to pick? Um, I'm just going to go... I think Sam Bird's going to win his final race for Virgin. I think that's going to be really cool. Uh, who's going to win the... the, win the race tomorrow uh probably one of the cheaters i think Vern. okay great choices um jack who do you think is going to win in your final two races well i think ed uh, i i i was kind of uh, i was kind of thinking on, along the same lines as ed uh, i think that sam does have a shot in his final race for envision virgin um i was also thinking um this is lucas degrassi's last chance to 
emulate Sam Bird in having a race win in every single season. So he's got to win one of these final two races. And so I'm going to stick my neck out on the line and say that he will. But if he doesn't by the end of Thursday, Sam Bird will become the only driver in Formula E history to win a, to win a race in every single season, which is quite a, which is quite a feat. And deservedly so. He, he really does deserve it. And hopefully he'll have a good run at Jaguar next season. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say Lucas Degrassi for one of them. And then... Uh, I, I said it last week. I still want it to happen. Stoff wins his first race in Formula E for Mercedes. It'll be Mercedes' first win. Uh, I'm going to say Stoff. But then again, we saw in MotoGP the other day, the rookie, um, Brad Binder, win for KTM instead of the instead of uh, Paulus Barclay. But um, could be Nick. But I'm going to say uh, uh, I'm going to say Stoff for Mercedes and Lucas for Audi. And then for me. I'm going to go with the exactly the same thing I said on the Grid Network channel. Um, Nick DeFries is going to win a race. I think it's coming. He's been super quick throughout these whole, you know, couple of races that we've had in Berlin. And then the last one will be Sebastian Buemi. I think Buemi will get a win for Nissan. So thank you so much for watching. I really enjoyed um, the show, boys. Thank you so much. Um, remember, uh, we have a Discord link. So if you want to come and chat to us about the final two races, hit the link below and come and chat to us. We'd love to, you know, the Discord chat is growing really great. We've got over 40 people now in there. People come in. Um, what else? Twitch. We've had some amazing Twitch streams. Um, so hit the Twitch link. We normally stream about 8 o'clock. Obviously, we've got the live shows as well. So join us for the live shows on Wednesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. after the race. So if you're watching this today, tomorrow will be the live shows. Or if you're watching this on Wednesday to get yourself hyped up for the race, um... Come and join us at 8pm tonight uh, for the post-race live shows with me, Jack, and maybe someone else um, in the from the Formula Rezone team. Uh, also, remember to like and subscribe. And if you really do love us, you could also check our Patreon and maybe pledge some lovely bit of your pocket money to help us out. Really help support. But thank you so much for watching. We will see you for the post-race live shows. The FEZ show will be back on Friday where we round up everything that has happened from the final two races and look ahead to season seven. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you very soon. Goodbye.